Hi, it's Vicki Wu, and I'm bringing you another great entrepreneur to share how she's grown her business, plus a few great tips for you. Today, we have Sagan Morrow, who helps multi-passionate creatives, me, and solopreneurs save 10 or more hours every single week, who's not down for that, and take strategic action to finally achieve their dreamy goals without burning out. This is Vicki Wu, and as always, we're talking about the best tips for marketing your small business. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of the latest updates. And when she isn't teaching about productivity, she hosts the Indie Author Weekly Podcast and writes polyamorous romantic comedy novels. I am so down to read one of those. She's going to be sharing a couple great tips to you today, one on energy management as a foundation for time management and one on how to pivot in business when you're multi-passionate and want to do all the things like most of us entrepreneurs. And plus, she's going to have a free gift for you, and we're going to be sharing those a little bit more towards the end of the podcast. First, we're going to learn about Sagan and her business and how she has grown it. So Sagan, welcome, and I'm so excited to have you here today to share your expertise. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's it's so great to be here. I'd like to get started on you sharing kind of what your business does and how and why you started it. Sure. So I am a productivity strategist um, and I started my business back like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago as a freelance writer initially. And really my business has grown and changed a lot over the years. Um, but what I really found is that as, as I was growing my business and as I was working on trying to navigate doing all of the things, right, getting really excited about different types of projects I could be working on, I kept finding that a lot of the different uh, productivity gurus and business experts out there would really be focused so much on telling, on telling us, you know, you need to use the Pomodoro technique or you must use Trello, right? If you want to be organized, if you want to be productive, you need to do these things. And I found that extremely frustrating because those methods just didn't work for me. And as I sort of went on this kind of productivity journey with experimenting with a bunch of different strategies, what I started to realize is that we all have different learning styles. We all have different productivity styles. And I started playing a lot with these different systems and techniques and tools um, and really applying them based on my personality. And so that's why I started teaching other people about productivity based on personality in this way as well, because there is no one size fits all. The other sort of side of this as well is that I really found that so many, again, of these productivity gurus and business experts were saying, oh, you just need to get better sleep. You know, sleep is the important, most important thing for healthy productivity. And I have, in, I have chronic insomnia and nightmare disorder. I can't get a good night's sleep. I can't always wake up at 5 a.m. And based on that, it felt really limiting to think, well, what, I can never be productive just because I can't get good sleeps. So again, really playing with different strategies and energy management, what I've really discovered is that we, there is no, again, there is no one size fits all. And we don't need to wake up super early. We don't need to get the best sleep ever in order to be productive. So that's really what I started teaching about um, based on that. I am so on the same page as you there. 
one of the things that I have clients coming to me all the time related to their marketing is that this person told me it had to be done exactly that way. You know, no, it's just that that's the only way that person knows how to do it. So of course they're going to teach you that because they can't teach you anything else. And even with productivity, I'm one of those people who I'm super organized, like almost to the point of like OCD, like color code. And, and I live with a husband who is definitely not, <laughs> it gets interesting. And I've always been really great at like time management. When I became an entrepreneur and started working for myself and didn't have to get things done on someone else's schedule. It's not exactly eight to five and you break for lunch from 12 to one or whatever. And you have to attend this meeting and that meeting. I played a lot with different productivity styles, kind of finding the same thing as you. I settled on one that's kind of like the Pomodoro technique, which I think is what, 20 minutes on and 10 minutes off or something. But mine is 90 minutes on and 60 minutes off, which wouldn't work for most people. But a lot of the things I do really take me getting in the zone. Like when I'm doing a website and I'm having to do some coding on the back end, you can't do that in 20 minutes. Somebody better than me, you know, developer maybe, but I have to really zone and get into it. And that 20 on and 10 off just did not work. 90 on and 60 off is perfect for me. So I like how you're teaching people that, and it's not one size fits all because everyone's business is unique. I say that over and over. Your business is unique and your marketing shouldn't be cookie cutter. And we as humans with our own personalities have that same uniqueness. So I love what you've got going there. I, lo I love that you have that whole schedule worked out because it's so true, right? The traditional nine to five schedule doesn't always make the most sense. And when we really play around with it, it's kind of amazing to see how different types of schedules work so much better for our particular situation at this point in time. And everyone's, of course, had to change their schedule with COVID yes. and with pandemic and maybe working from home when before they didn't. So, and just as your life changes, that changes anyway. So what worked for you five years ago may not work now. And we probably all need a little bit of an update and revisiting that. So I want to learn from you how your business has grown over the years and how COVID-19 has impacted it, if it has at all. Yeah. So when I started out as a freelancer, what I really found is that um, people kept on asking me, well, how are you doing this? Right? Like, how are you being able to, to grow your business as a freelancer. And I, like, I don't understand this. And so I had been really focused on a lot of freelance writing and editing a little bit of social media management for clients. And when I started getting all of these questions, I realized, okay, I should probably help people out with this. So I started just like answering questions in my inbox and on social media posts. And then I eventually wrote a book about it. So I wrote the business of writing and editing um, and people really enjoyed that book and they wanted more. So that's when I started teaching these online courses all about how to start your freelance business, how to build your freelance business, um, how to get clients based on relationship building, all of this kind of thing. And everything's just kind of um, snowballed from there, right? So as I was teaching about freelancing specifically and how to sort of build your business, what I found is that my clients kept on saying, this is useful, 
but I'm really, I'm really overwhelmed, right? Or I don't have the time to implement these different, um, these different techniques. And that's really when I realized that there was this huge gap in the market for healthy productivity. So that's when I sort of pivoted from teaching about the broad concept of starting a freelance business and growing a freelance business and really started um, teaching about productivity. So that's when I created my signature program, Productivity Powerhouse, and began teaching about how you can get really organized and manage your energy effectively and save, yeah, 10 plus hours every single week in your business. So it's been really fun to see how my business has evolved in this very organic sort of way. Um, I still do a very little bit of freelance writing, but just so much less than I ever used to, um, just because the, the teaching side of things is just so much fun. I, I absolutely adore it. So it's been really interesting. And as far as COVID affecting my business, I mean, it's been really nice. Of course, as, as online business owners, it uh, working from home, it has been so much easier than for so many other people. The big change for me has been geography. So I usually live in Winnipeg um, and my spouse works here in this little tiny lake town in BC. And normally he would work here in BC for two weeks um, doing field work. And then he would come home to Winnipeg for one week. And that was our schedule year round. So I, I could navigate, I created my entire schedule based on his. So I work 15 days in a row and then take six days off in a row. Um, and when COVID hit, he couldn't come back and forth between provinces. So I moved out here to BC to be with him. Um, and really, you know, the, the biggest thing for me has been the slower internet connection. It, like this has been actually, like it's, it seems like such a small thing, but when I first came out here, it was so frustrating and I had to really learn patience because I'm just used to super high speed internet and being able to do things immediately, get that instant gratification. And here I have to be really cognizant. You know, if I'm, if I'm doing a podcast interview, I have to make sure that the internet, is, like the Wi-Fi, is closed down on my phone or on other computers. And I have to make sure that there's no, no tabs open on my computer, um, which was never the case before. So it's been a, a kind of a weird experience in that sense, how COVID has affected my business. I think one thing we've all learned through this is more patience. I've always been a patient person, but yeah, if I had a slower internet speed, I'd be going, come on, download faster. <laughs> that would drive me nuts. When you started out, uh, what's one thing that you wish someone would have told you about entrepreneurship before you started? Definitely the importance of making your own rules and not doing that sort of cookie cutter business or just copying and pasting exactly what everyone else is doing. Uh, when I first started out, you know, I was, I, I really struggled to get clients. I didn't know how to, how to market my business effectively. And I would try sort of using different strategies that I had seen, you know, again, these experts saying that this is what you must do. And this is the number one way to do it. And they just didn't feel good to me, right? Like it felt like sleazy or it felt like, you know, cold calling just didn't really work for my personality. And that's when I really started learning about how I could um, build these relationships with prospects and really focus on being of service rather than selling. Um, that was a really great reframe for me. It made the marketing side of things just so much, um, so much easier and more enjoyable. So that was definitely a really big piece for me, you know, starting to learn how to 
how to get ideas and inspiration from other people, but not necessarily take these different experts' word as the gospel, right? Not necessarily following it to the absolute letter. Instead, really taking these different strategies and ideas, looking at them in terms of, okay, this feels good for me, or this element of it doesn't, or even questioning, okay, why does it need to be a certain way? Can it be done differently in a way that will still be effective um, and will be will feel better for how my brain works and how I want to run my business? So definitely having that sort of piece of making your own rules. Um, that's something that I love teaching my, my productivity clients now. And that is really the number one thing that I wish I, wish I had learned earlier on. It would have saved me so much headache and so much time and energy trying to force myself to fit into a box that I did not want to be in. I always joke about the whole box thing. If you've ever watched The Matrix long, long ago, and there's that point when Neo walks into the kitchen or whatever, and the little kid is sitting there bending the spoon with his mind. And Neo is like, how did you do that? And the kid's like, what you have to learn is that there is no spoon. And so I always remind myself, there is no box. Only what my mind is telling me is a box, but the box doesn't actually exist. So similar to what you said, I have a quote from Bruce Lee. Bruce always said, and I'm reading it, so excuse me while I look away. Absorb what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. Yes, love that. Very appropriate for exactly (laughs) what you're saying. Yes. Yes. I, I love, you know, getting curious. I think it's so important to be curious in our businesses and to really question absolutely everything, right? To really look at, okay, what, yeah, again, what feels good for me? What, what works? What doesn't work? And why is it that everyone says I need to do X, Y, Z? Or why is it that society tells me that I should be working nine to five, Monday to Friday, right? Like really just getting curious about these things and exploring, you know, even theoretically, what if I changed my schedule? What if I tried a different technique? And when we go down that sort of theoretical road, then we can start to look at, okay, maybe I can actually make this reality, right? Maybe I can actually implement this and, and like, why, why not? Why can't I act on this? Why can't I do it differently? Why can't I step out of that box and, and make my own rules? It took me quite a bit of time. So at my last corporate job, I had been working pretty much 80 hours a week for three years. Wow. <laughs> there was that much workload. I do not recommend this to anyone, by the way. <laughs> And so after I resigned and started working for myself, my mentality was still, if I didn't work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., seven days a week, I felt guilty. And I had to really work on, I'd done it for so long, it took me longer than I would have liked or even expected. I knew it would take a bit of time. You know, I'm like, you can't do something for so long. And then the next day, everything's different and you're okay. But it took me way longer than I would have wanted to not feel the guilt when I changed my hours to be 90 minutes on and 60 minutes off. That's not a normal nine to five day, but it it's what works for me. And it's so funny how we get put in that non-existent box 
and getting back out of it is actually hard to do. It's crazy. It shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> yes, it's so true. Unlearning all of those things. Yeah. When it's just been the norm for so long, it's that's really hard. It is. And that tells you how our, our brains work. They like um, routine. They like yes. routine, <laughs> even if it's a, ba- yes. a bad, unhealthy routine. <laughs> so do you have a marketing issue now. You mentioned when you were first growing the marketing issues you faced. What is your business facing now that you've grown and pivoted exactly what you're doing a couple times, which a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of afraid to do. So I imagine your marketing needs have changed as well. So what is the biggest marketing issue today? Yeah, you know, I found it I found it really interesting because once I once I realized about the whole relationship building side of things like side of things for marketing myself my freelance services, freelancing became really really easy. Um and the same has not actually carried over as a course creator. I know that there are so many people out there who say, "Oh, you know, course creation, once you have a course, it's so easy, right? It's really passive income. That has not been my experience as much. You know, it hasn't been as easy to sell that side of things. Um, and I think that part of it is because freelancing with the with the one-on-one sort of aspect of it, and it gives you so much more of that opportunity to really connect with people on a very personal basis. Um, and with online courses, you really need to have, you really need to expand your audience, right? And reach out to a larger market. So my biggest struggle right now is with that piece of connecting with more people, just like reaching a larger audience um, and really building my audience in that way. So I've been you know, working a lot on organic marketing over the years. That's been my my number one sort of way of doing it. But what I'm actually starting to do in like just another few weeks um, is starting to really play a lot with Facebook ads. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes things and the kind of difference that that makes. But yeah, and then, and like figuring out the best strategies for building that audience and like reaching out to just so many more people it's hard. That's, that's definitely my biggest issue. It is different as well, because I have levels of service. The first basic level is people who need to learn what to do, like what strategy, you know, they've heard somebody, oh, so-and-so told me I have to do a live video on Facebook every day. And I hate video. I, I can't do it. I don't come across well. It's like, so don't do that. And so they're wondering what to do. So I have my whole YouTube channel is all about strategy. And then I have a do-it-yourself level, which is my courses. And then I have the done for you, done with you and done for you, which is more of the one-on-one. And definitely easy to build the relationships in any of those one-on-one levels. But the courses is a completely different animal. You have to have a different plan and have a strategy and have one that is consistent, that that you can pull off consistently without taking all of your time. And the one kind of overarching strategy of any business for their marketing is that organic marketing, as you know, is a long-term game plan and you need it. Paid marketing can get you results faster, but you still need the organic side. And so most businesses need both at some point 
the paid piece you may not need as often or as consistently or spend as much of your resources of time or money on. The best combination is when you have some of both, the paid to kind of get it going faster and the organic as your long-term game plan. So a good mix of those is always great when you can. Some businesses can't afford the paid to begin with, and that's okay. Start with the organic because that's what's going to take you further for longer. I'm glad that you've noticed that difference between the one-on-one and the course marketing and how you're going to have to change it up a little bit. And entrepreneurs who kind of get too stuck in the way things have always been done and are hesitant to change it up are missing out on so many opportunities. Yes. I really, I love that. I love that whole, I think that's so important what you said about like, you know, doing both right. And, and being able to lean on the one side of things while you can sort of play and experiment with the other side of things, right. It doesn't need to be all the things all at once. We can really build on, build on what's working and that kind of thing. So I really love that. I know you have a couple of tips you're going to share with our audience on time management and pivoting when you're multi-passionate, which I am, you are, most of the entrepreneurs I talk to are. So tell us what you got and, you know, people listen now and get your notepad out and take some notes, whatever you need to do. The number one thing to know if you want to achieve true time freedom is to focus on energy management right? So focus on energy management, manage your energy really, really well. If you are burned out or exhausted 24 seven, then it does not matter what time management strategy or technique you're using because you are still going to, it's still going to take you that much longer to complete a task. And that task will probably be a lower quality result, right? If we are too tired, then the, the end result is not going to be as good. So that's why I really, really encourage all of my clients to focus on self-care and taking breaks and plenty of rest as really that, that root, that foundation of healthy productivity. And the other sort of side of it, you know, when it, especially when it comes to the, the multi-passionate um, sort of piece is to really look at you know, playing with these different, these different concepts and ideas. And I really encourage you to, you know, create customized strategies that work for what you want to do, right? So again, sort of taking the different ideas that you're getting from other people and then creating a concrete action plan with those sort of focused goals. So when we understand what our energy levels are like, and when we are most creative, right, when we have our more our most energy, then we can really structure our entire schedule and day around those energy levels. We can sort of step outside of that box. We can make our own rules. So I would really encourage you to look at your energy first and identify, you know, what time of day am I most creative? What things can I do throughout the day to boost my energy, whether that's listening to music, whether that's taking breaks, getting outside for fresh air, right? There's, there's all kinds of little tweaks that we can do that can be really effective and powerful and also taking your learning style into account. So if you are more of that visual tactile person, then maybe you should use color-coded sticky notes on poster paper to manage your to-do list rather than using a fancy software that just makes your brain hurt, right? We don't wanna get distracted by you know, all of the things that we need to do 
We don't want to focus on glorifying busy work and just, you know, being busy for the sake of busy. We really want to make sure that all of the tasks that we are working on are contributing to our bigger goals and that they feel good for us, that we're excited to work on them. So those are kind of the things that I would really recommend for you listening right now. If you are multi-passionate and you're trying to navigate doing all the things, um, and if you really want to sort of save time to really focus on that sort of energy piece. Um, and I mean, I do have more time. I do have like practical time management techniques in my time saving tips cheat sheet um, at saganmorrow.com slash save time. Um, but those pieces really need to be added after you're managing your energy really well. I like that we tend to get all these different tools and tips before the big pieces in place. And I know when I was working the 80 hour weeks, I would find that I could go about 50 hours really strong, get a lot done, you know, get seemed like more than 50 hours worth of work done. And once I hit 50, it was just like a cliff. Those other 30 hours a week were so unproductive. I felt like I got maybe five more hours of work done, yet trying to just push through to like, oh, just do 55 and get that extra five done. It just wasn't there. The energy just, you can't sustain that level of just go, go, go that long. And I always kind of beat myself up a little bit about, well, why can't you just get that other like five hours worth of work done or whatever and just get it done and have the extra free time. And it just, I felt like a turtle. I just crawled at a snail's pace for those extra hours. And it just was me crawling along and trying to get it done. And I've read studies that actually say that beyond 50, your productivity just tanks. And so even for entrepreneurs who, you know, we kind of tend to have a little bit more energy when we're working on our own stuff than if you're working for an employer, but still anything past 50, you kind of just need to cut it off and get some of that self-care in and, and, pay attention to it. And yes, understand your energy level. I'm much more energetic in the morning, but I am not a 5 a.m. person. When I get up at my normal time, I'm much better in the morning. And that's why like these podcast recordings, I don't schedule them real late because I'm going to be falling asleep during them, no matter being as interesting as you are, I'd still fall asleep. Yes. So yeah, I love your, I love your tips that you shared. Like most entrepreneurs, we tend to have a lot of ideas and I have to brain dump mine. I don't want to lose the idea, but I can't work on it yet because I don't want to work 80 hours a week. And it may take longer to do one of those next pieces. And I choose my next piece based upon my business goals. I have fluff that's not going to get me anywhere. So I put that off longer, but Things like right now I'm revamping my do-it-yourself website course for 2021. And I've been working on that a while, re-recording the lessons and putting new information in. I could have probably sat down and hammered it out in one 80-hour week, but that's not going to be as effective for the people watching it either. So yeah, you kind of prioritize, take your time. And I love how you mentioned getting those two pieces set 
before you go grab your free gift, which you mentioned the time-saving tips cheat sheet to save 45 plus hours this month. And I'll put the link to that down in the description. So wherever you're watching or listening, check the description and grab that link. It's kind of like a recipe. You can't bake the cake until you have the ingredients ready. Yes. And I would also really encourage you, you know, listening to this podcast right now to think about your lifestyle goals when you are working on your business, right? Your business should support what you want from your lifestyle. Um, And oftentimes we start with, oh, this is what I want for my business. And we create strategies around that. But if it doesn't support our lives, then that can be kind of a problem. So for example, you know, when I first started out freelancing, I did a lot of rush jobs. And I really liked it at the time. But they were really, really fast turnarounds, like 48 hours. And so I could never take time away from work. I was checking my email in the evenings and on weekends. I was always available for clients. And as my business grew and as I started to, you know, again, really make my own rules with my business, I started um, changing those elements so that I have so much more time freedom and I don't feel tied to my computer 24 seven, because that's a really important part of what I want from my personal life. I love taking a week off every month and working for, you know, working for those two weeks and then taking a full week off to be with my spouse. Um, That's really important. So I've really structured my entire business based around what I want for my personal life. And whenever I'm working with my clients on this kind of thing, it's such a powerful piece because we end up being so much more motivated and excited and enthusiastic and happy about the work that we are doing when it's tied to our personal life goals and and personal values as well and belief systems, all of those pieces. That is so important. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're first starting out, they get fearful of, you know, it's a scarcity mentality. Oh, if I yes. don't accommodate this client who texted me at midnight and wanted something done by 1am and I'm asleep, I'll lose that client and I'll never get another client. You actually create more abundance when you do put into place, you know, a work schedule that's realistic for you and your life. It doesn't have to be hard to do, or you don't have to be fearful to do it. If you simply educate your clients up front, My clients know that sometimes I choose to work in an evening or on a weekend on their project, but if they have a rush job that requires weekend or evening hours, there's usually an upcharge to make it worth my time. I value that time off with family and with, I love to paint, doing those other pieces. So if they honestly need the rush, they're willing to pay that upcharge. And for those who just, it wasn't really a rush and maybe they didn't plan well on their side, they may not want to pay that. And they'll be like, well, you know, okay, yeah, Friday's fine. And so just being upfront about here's what you can expect and tell them that from the beginning. It also helps. I talk a lot about setting things up so that the wrong client, the client that you're not the right fit for deselects before they ever become a client. And that way you're taking care of a lot of headaches for them and for you before anybody ever gets into it. So if they know your process, if it's somebody who they know, 
I always get my idea at midnight and I always need it done by 1am and you're not the right fit for me. They need to find someone who is. There's some people who are night owls and they're awake at midnight and they're the perfect person to serve them. I'm not. So letting the client self deselect is one of the best things you can do for your own sanity and for theirs. Yes. And I really find that that is such a respect thing, right? It's about respecting yourself and your business and your family. And it's also respecting that client or that prospect to make sure that they are finding the right person. You don't want to waste a bunch of time, your time or theirs, you know, jumping through a bunch of hoops and trying to force something when really you're not actually the right person to be working like with them. Right. And if you're not the right fit for each other, they may not be as happy and you don't want an unhappy yes. customer. You're just setting yourself up for, you, you just don't want an unhappy customer. That's not, just good not news. going to be good. <laughs> That's not good news. And you know, it's also interesting because with freelancing, I really found that, you know, the vast majority of, uh, of client dissatisfaction or unhappiness comes down to miscommunication, right? Just what you were saying about the communication piece being so important. Clients aren't, the, the vast majority of clients are not out to get you as a business owner, right? Like they, they aren't intending to, to, you know, make you, make you do more work or anything like that. What it comes down to is the communication piece. So really the more that we can communicate upfront and set those boundaries and ensure that everyone's on the same page, that's, that's such an important thing. And you'll still get a few clients who, despite how many times you tell them, you put it in your contract, you send it to them in, you know, here's our working hours, whatever it is. There's some people that you can say it over and over and over, and they're not going to hear it because it's not what they want to hear. And that'll happen to everybody at some point. You can't control that. All you can control is providing the information multiple times in multiple methods so that majority of your people will get it and understand you can't control those outliers and when that comes up you may have to bless and release you know obviously my work hours my office hours aren't going to work for you if you know someone to refer them to great refer them you know joe over here loves to work evenings and prefers that and you might be a great fit for him so don't be afraid to over communicate but if the other person still isn't receiving despite your best efforts, don't be afraid to bless and release if you need to. Obviously, keep your client whenever you can. But sometimes it's better for them to let them find somebody who works right with them. Yes. So now I want to ask you, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. So I'm actually curious. I don't think that you've, that you've mentioned this on the, the podcast before, but I am curious about the whole concept around promoting free products versus paid products and when to focus on one versus the other in marketing, how to, what's your take on balancing that or, or navigating that? I hear a lot of people give advice. Some of the big names in marketing that are well-known and a few of them that I don't follow because they annoy me. And they say, you know, give it all away free, give your knowledge away free. Well, that's great if you have a plan in place to actually get paid as well. And that's why I don't follow that particular one because he's not telling you how to have that gap in place from all the free stuff you're giving away to paying customers. 
you got to have a bridge there. And I have free things on my website. If you go to my website, there's a resource tab that has freebies on it. People get those all day long. First of all, you don't want to give away, you know, my level of expertise now after all the years I've been doing this is really high. And I couldn't even put a lot of that into a freebie. There's just no way. Ideally, you want to have a plan so that the free thing, the free item of value that you're giving away, you collect contact information in exchange for it. Nothing is ever completely free. We all know that. And your payment is your email address. Even the free platforms, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, they're not really free. They're getting your data in exchange. Having a way to collect that contact information so that you can reach out to those people further. I always recommend when you can do so, and sometimes this may mean you make your free product, your PDF, whatever it is, and then edit it later, add it as a piece of that bridge. So for example, I had done a a PDF quite a while back on some post prompts for your social media. And I went ahead and created it, even though I didn't have the bridge piece in there yet. When I got that bridge piece, I added a page at the end of, you know, now that you've got these prompts, if you realize you need help with your social media, we offer social media packages. And I added that, replaced the PDF. I keep it on my own website, which is another tip for people. Things on your own website you can control easier. than things if you have it hosted somewhere weird, Facebook or whatever. I update it and replace it and add that bridge piece. So don't be afraid to go ahead and get a freebie out there, even if you don't have that bridge piece ready, as long as you can collect contact information from it. And then when you've created that next step to turn those people into a paying customer, possibly, go back and edit, add that piece. The same with your website. A lot of people blog on their website. It can be a great way to help your search engine results. I do it myself. I go back and update my blog posts periodically when I have a new program ready. So for example, I mentioned how I'm revamping my do-it-yourself website course. I will go back now on related posts on my website that people are already visiting. And I'll add a link to that course in there. I'll put a cute little block with do it yourself, learn step-by-step video instruction, blah, blah, blah. And that way, the people who are reading that blog to get information about mistakes that do-it-yourself website people make, they'll have a link. Okay, I've read some of the mistakes now. Here's a step-by-step course I can go take. So one of the delay pieces I see entrepreneurs is that they want to wait until everything's perfect and all their little ducks are in a row, which is a great idea. But today's marketing world moves so fast that if you wait for that, it may, you may never get it done because things are going to change next month. And then you'll be revamping your whole process. So go ahead and put it out there with a plan to automatically get email addresses And then don't be afraid to change it up and update it. But you definitely don't want to give away all of your knowledge and information because if you do that, people don't need you. 
you want to give away. That's why I mentioned I have different levels. The strategy and what people need to be doing is given away free for the most part. They're still going to need me for some deeper strategy, but kind of how to get started, what pieces you need to be doing is free. Once they get into that, I want you to teach me how to do it, or I want you to do it with me, or I want you to do it for me. Those are different levels of paid pieces. And for those who first start out and don't know what to do, they can go along that whole funnel and take advantage of every piece, depending upon where they're at in their learning of marketing for their business. Most importantly, when they get to that point where they realize, I don't know as much as I thought I knew and that I need to know. And so I do need an expert to come in and set it all up for me, make it where it's efficient, make it where it's effective. At that point, I may be able to keep it rolling on my own. <laughs> That's why I offer those four different levels because they each serve a different purpose and they serve a slightly different, not really a different customer, but a different business cycle of each customer. So it, it can be good, but have a strategy in place before you just start giving it all away. Yes. I love, I love that you really recommend focusing on the learning journey of the client in that way and focusing on like where they are at and what they're going to need at various stages based on their understanding and knowledge of the topic. That's, that's really smart. And for a service-based entrepreneur like you, I can serve more clients with something like a course or viewing up my YouTube channel than I can one-on-one clients just because of hours in the day. And so also having that flexibility of having both of those and a lot of the freemiums that I give away in exchange for an email address are what start people on the course. And some people may have downloaded it already that never had that extra piece connected to it saying, oh, now, you know, kind of your prompts, do you need help actually posting those? We can take that off your plate. That's okay. Because it, it worked for my business. And sometimes it's also about getting your name out there as an expert and the awareness for your business. I don't recommend focusing heavily on those through paid means, but it can be a great way to get people introduced to you. But again, I always recommend do everything strategically, have a plan in place for it, even if all the pieces of the plan aren't implemented today. Yes, I love that. Do you have anything else for our audience? Yeah, you know, the the one last thing that I would say, going back to what you had mentioned um, earlier about, you know, love, like enjoying the time to paint and spend time with your family and that kind of thing. I think it's a really good question to always ask ourselves when we are looking at, you know, working on our business and we're spending all this time on it to really consider, okay, if I am working this hard and working this many hours to accomplish tasks and work toward my goals, what is my energy like at the end of the day or on weekends? Am I working so hard that I, the only thing I can do is sit down on the couch and watch Netflix because I just don't have any energy left over, right? When we really ask ourselves that question, that can be a really great way for us to start to understand where we might need to make some changes in our business so that we do have that lovely opportunity 
for the time and the energy to enjoy those hobbies, to paint, to spend that quality time with our families. So that's a really, a really important question that I would just encourage all of us to check in with ourselves on a very routine basis. I love that. And it's something that we need to do regularly because again, our long-term goals for our lives can change. And again, what worked for you five years ago, 10 years ago may not work for you today. Life changes and you need to change along with it. Wonderful. I've loved having you here. And before we go, I want you to share your contact information. We will include it down in the description. We'll include your links. Go ahead and share it in case people just want to search and look you up right now. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time on Twitter and Instagram. So you can hang out with me there. My handle is at Sagan lives. And again, you can grab that time-saving tips cheat sheet to save 45 plus hours this month and every month um, at saganmorrow.com slash save time. And when you sign up for that, I will also send you free productivity tips in your inbox every week. So you can just be able to implement a few little, a little changes every week that will make a really big difference to your business right away. It is always interesting too, how all those little things add up. They like really start snowballing and suddenly you're like, wow, I have time, <laughs> a lot yes. of free time. It's great. It's glorious. <laughs> well, Sagan, thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your tips, which had such great value. And I'm going to go grab your productivity cheat sheet myself because you can never be too efficient with your time, right? And for all of you listeners, go grab that and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for having me.